You're listening to the Fade to Gray Network. Hey, these are the movies that molded me. These are the movies that molded me. Jal the movies. Jal the movies. Hey, one love. Hey, I like the movies with the boobies. What's up, Movies That Molded Me listeners? This is Chris. We've got Omar and Elizabeth here today, and we've got a very, very special guest, Mr. Dan Koch from You Have Permission Podcast. I mean, he's done a bunch of other things too, but I think we can focus on that. And this guy is a movie aficionado, okay? This guy knows movies. Yeah. Well, it's Dan Koch. I got to sound, you know... I got, I got to up my game on words when Dan Koch's around. Well, he's right? even back in school because like he wasn't smart enough already. <laughs> Guys, I teach five-year-olds how to play the piano, so I'm going to stick to my elementary English. So y'all just talk <laughs> over my head, okay? <laughs> I think we can use regular language. I appreciate that introduction, though. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to the podcast. We're super excited to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Any excuse to talk about movies? Well, I saw your top movies of 2019, and there were several of them on your list that I also had on my list. And so I, I know you've got great taste in, in movies. You're going to find that Omar has mm. the worst taste in movies. Joker was not on your list. And so <laughs> I, I question your taste in movies, actually, Dan. That's, so. that's as is your right, Omar. <laughs> Well, okay. I think uh, most people know what we do here. We're going to come up with a definitive top five list of movies in a specific topic or genre. And today it's going to be dun, dun, dun crime movies as chosen by Dan Koch. Yeah, I picked crime because it's, it's my favorite of all the kind of, you know, genre flicks, sci-fi, fantasy, mystery, whatever crime is. That's my genre. So, and I think that, um, Crime films usually have a, a pretty significant moral overlay, and yeah. so you can relate them to your life. I mean, sci-fi does that too. I mean, all all genres do that, but uh, I don't know. It's probably just personal preference. I just love a good showdown between a detective and a bank robber. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think I realized how much I liked crime movies until I started trying to make this list. I didn't either. I'm having a mental breakdown over here. Narrowing down to a top three is like nearly impossible. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But good thing we have to go more on what molded you. So it makes it a little bit easier. So then you can be like, this is a great movie, but this one, like I can remember what I was doing like when I watched it. Yeah. So we always let our guest go first, Dan. Uh, What is your number three top crime film of all time? Okay, uh, I'm pulling a last minute switch, and I'm I'm moving my number three to number two because I think it should be number two, and I'm really crossing my fingers that nobody takes it before I get there. So my <laughs> no, my former number two now at number three is Pulp Fiction. Oh, okay, yeah, Good pick. I Good figured pick. that that would be on this list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not my favorite Tarantino. My favorite Tarantino is Inglorious Bastards, but that Same. is not a crime know. film. It's Correct. it's a history revising it's a war film it's just not it's not crime so i had to go with my probably my second favorite tarantino which is pulp fiction i wonder if there will be another tarantino pick like a reservoir dogs on here well i considered it wait around and see we're just gonna have to find out yeah well how how did uh pulp fiction mold you like what what is so special about pulp fiction it's my first tarantino film i saw same yeah oh it it probably was, it, I don't remember if it was my first or my second. I do remember, 
that Reservoir Dogs was might have been the first rated R movie I ever saw, mm. which is not a good first rated R movie to see. Uh, <laughs> I would have been 13 or something like that. And right. um, and I didn't really I, I have since rewatched Reservoir Dogs and I love it. Um, Pulp Fiction, you know, I it's so I'm looking at the rubric here. And you know, mo- mo- impact. <laughs> <I'm sorry>. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chris. I love this. Got this PDF in front of me. It's very detailed. Oh, well, um, I- I'm glad you're looking at it. <laughs> moldability is only one of five categories. Correct. So if I'm playing, if I'm playing the game, I'm going to actually discount the fact that that's the name of the show. Okay. And I'm going to go, hey, acting, direction, yeah. screenplay, cinematography, and entertainment factor i mean pulp fiction is i mean it's it's arguably the best film of the 90s um it's it's the film like i remember i took an independent film class in college in undergrad and and people who do the history of movies in america pulp fiction is like is the turning point yeah. of a certain kind of film absolutely like early 90s this is when i guess it's mid 90s 94 96 whatever this is when it shifts, and like once Pulp Fiction is a massive hit, all the studios start trying to like find the next Tarantino, make these more artistic, like quirkier kind of movies, and the whole like big big studio sappy eighties thing is just like officially over. Oh yeah, at Pulp and Fiction done. and telling the story from like the end backwards too. Like no movie had really done that before. Yeah, out of sequence. Like yeah, so the kind of. Um, breaking up the breaking up the narrative the timeline right uh although other things had done that i mean i just watched a Tars- tarkovsky film ivan's childhood from the 60s the other day on criterion channel and that had a broken up timeline so it wasn't like brand new but being like a blockbuster or a, or a bigger film it was yeah. kind of like it yeah, was right new it was new for that and with all the religious undertones too it was interesting being in the 90s and having like him quoting Bauer verses before you blast. Yeah, that's it. You know, so that the film doesn't really hit me on that level. It's more of just like um, a director at his height is really more what it is for me. Um, some of these other movies we're going to talk about, especially my number one, uh, I really think about it through a moral lens. But Pulp Fiction, I'm sure it's there. That's not really what I see it through. I just love every single choice. The casting choices, yeah. every shot, the way the music is used. I love the shot of Uma Thurman's feet on the dash, <laughs> you know, uh, re- repeated in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, twice, actually. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway, I, yeah, that's kind of my little brief pitch on Pulp Fiction. Well, I will 100% agree that Pulp Fiction is an extremely important film for the 90s. Uh, you know, one thing that Pulp Fiction, I think, kind of changed for movies, in my opinion, was having scenes, you know, of five minutes of dialogue. You didn't really see a whole lot of that before this movie came out. And it's something that Tarantino does so well. Like, Bring I think of, <laughs> I think of, uh, you know, this. And of course, we're not going to be talking about Inglorious Bastards today, but I think about this, the the opening scene of that movie and how just incredible that is, you know? Yeah. Masterclass. Yeah. None of that would have been able to happen without Pulp Fiction. So uh, incredible movie. Definitely molded me as well. It hits every single notch on the rubric, in my opinion. Um, So, I mean, I'm going to have to give this movie a five. It easily gets a, it easily gets four for acting, direction, cinematography, and entertainment. And then impact moldability, 
I'm going to give it a one. It didn't change my heart, but it did. It changed the way I watched movies. And it probably opened me up to, like, I wasn't aware at the time, but it was like one of the major catalysts for what is now my favorite and main hobby. So I'm going to give it a one, not a zero on that. I got to give it a five. Hell Plus, yeah. I want to win. I'm not going <laughs> to handicap myself. <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, the scene where they're shoving the needle into her heart, bringing her back to life. I mean, that I, I remember just being like in complete like shock. Like, what is happening here? Great movie. Uh, I would give it a 4.5. 4.5. Elizabeth, what do you think about Pulp Fiction? I've not seen it. Oh, what? what? Oh. oh my yeah, god! Yeah, isn't that terrible? Okay, but but we should acknowledge this is like three dudes giving a girl a hard time for not having seen <laughs> a Tarantino film. We're just playing right into all the stereotypes here. Thanks, yeah, Dan. It, Thanks, it, Dan. It, it, ha- it happens. It completely <laughs> it revitalized John Travolta's career. I figured you'd be into that, Elizabeth. I don't. I don't know. I don't like John Travolta, but that's okay. <laughs> so, what happens when someone hasn't seen it? Do we? Do I get a two point five? Nothing. I get nothing. zero get points. Yeah. Oh, kind of wish I had been told that. All right, that's fine. <laughs> Moving on. And that's the that's how it takes a risk when you go for movies that actually mold you because sometimes you're going for like right. more obscure movies that people may okay. have seen. And then when you try to like play the game, it gets a little bit gets a little bit weird be, like cuz then it's like, well, I'm picking things that I know everyone's seen, but maybe I didn't like it as much. Next right. time I'm up, I'm just going to pl- pick all Pixar movies and everyone will have seen all of them. <laughs> I would be the only exactly one voting on that because I'm the wants. only one that really likes Pixar movies. <laughs> all right. So who's who goes with their number three next? Well, before we do that, Pulp okay. Fiction is going to get 14.5 out of 20 okay. on the grayscale, which, which is, is actually really a very strong uh, lead. So, Ooh, so that's okay. great. Um yeah, who who is going to go next? Usually, uh, I think we let Elizabeth go, but yeah, we haven't heard her voice enough, so let's let's get her on there. All right, Elizabeth, your third favorite crime movie of all time. Which uh, cartoon <sighs> I, is this? Be, shut up. <laughs> I will be honest. Which I kind of was hoping I would be second, but that's okay. Or like third after. Anyway, first of all, I'm going to shout out my daughter. Our ten year old daughter gave gave us her top three crime movies. So that first. She says um, she didn't put them in any order, but she really likes Psych, the movie, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective, and Pink Panther. Oh, I <laughs> so love it. Those are her top yeah. three crime movies. <laughs> Hell yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Into I love it. that girl. All right. So well, it just so happens that Ace Ventura taste. is also on Omar's list. <laughs> <laughs> not not for top no, five movies maybe for Ace Ventura, it was the two is on his list not the original <laughs> bubble bee tuna bubble bee tuna <laughs> your balls are showing so there there is a pixar crime movie that is not superhero related and it's zootopia but it, it is a fantastic crime movie. However, okay. it's not on my list. It's Don't pretty, worry about it. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought huh. you were really about to play that and get a, and get a four <laughs> okay. or a no. five on it. No, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> what do you got for number three? Ben? Okay. Number three is the Grand Budapest Hotel. Okay. Oh. Good I It is I, a crime film. That's right. It is a yeah. crime film. There's murder in it. Um, and <laughs> so... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> this movie... Um, was introduced to me by my mother-in-law, actually. My mother-in-law is better than yours. Just there it is. And um, 
she was she said she'd watched it and it was just the best thing she'd ever seen. I had to watch it like a couple of times. I the first time I watched it, I thought, man, this movie is really good, but there's so many layers to this movie. Mm-hmm. It's so intricate and there's so many characters. The cast is just enormous. It's like an ensemble cast essentially. Just uh in this the cinematography is amazing oh, it's beautiful the color schemes they put through the whole thing like that's what i just remember is the like the bright colors and how they just contrasted everything and they used asymmetry a lot which is not or they use symmetry a lot which is not something you use a lot in movies you usually mm-hmm. go for the asymmetry when you're shooting film it was just i, I don't know it was just fantastic fantastic have movie. you seen a lot of wes anderson films I, I don't think I have, actually. Maybe. Well, he actually has some animated ones I think you might like. Isle of yeah. Dogs, Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Mr. Fox. Fox. Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, he yeah. did Fantastic Mr. Fox. I have, I have seen that one. If you like the way that Grand Budapest Hotel looks, then you will like every other Wes Anderson film. Correct. Because <laughs> that's his thing. He's yep. the master of aesthetics. Yeah, well, I, I just really liked that movie, so... It's on my list. Well, I think it's a good choice. I also really like this movie. I think uh, Ray Fiennes does an incredible job in this movie. I, I love that actor so much. Um, and not yeah. just because he's Voldemort, okay? But because he's a great actor. Um, and yeah, aesthetically beautiful, very funny, uh, awesome movie. Awesome. Somebody pick, break down the plot real quick because I feel like I may have seen this, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to vote or not because I don't know if I've seen this movie. Okay, so it's the adventures of Gustav H. It's a legendary concierge. (laughs) Shut up, Chris. Shut up, Chris. No, no, no. I'm laughing because it's a funny plot. Oh, okay. I thought you were laughing laughing at my pronunciation of Gustav. Yeah, he's a little bit of a ladies' man uh, and a a cosmopolitan ladies' man who runs a hotel in the mountains. It's between the First and Second World War, and it's it's his adventures in the lobby. basically all the people that come through his hotel and what he experiences and what he sees and who he who he helps through being concierge of this hotel. I don't know how I've not seen this movie. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, babe. We gave it to your mother for Christmas I think it's last on year. Netflix. <laughs> well, I mean, I didn't like preview it first. <laughs> I love you guys are married cuz I get so you get these things that you hear in marriages of like Dan, we talked about this for 45 minutes last week. Sorry, honey, I don't remember. <laughs> it's your mother's favorite movie. I mean, I, I know these things, but like, well, I mean, maybe I didn't know it was your favorite movie, but I've heard you guys talking about the movie. I just have not seen it, so I apologize. Well, all right. Sorry, Mom. Elizabeth, what are you going to give Grand <laughs> such, Budapest Hotel? Such a disappointing son. I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Okay. I, I really think it hits all the points of the rubric but aren't there five points there, there are. are five points yeah so which one doesn't For, it hit <laughs> so as far as well yeah that's a really good question dan shit um are we just throwing out numbers willy-nilly or are yes. we following the <laughs> yes. fucking yes. rules i am throwing out numbers however the fuck i want and i, I sure, always and, follow and the i make rubric. sure i give chris at least one decibel i I don't usually score my number three out of five because my number one is gets a five. Um, so it's getting docked a point because it's not my top. 
I follow the rubric, Dan. Just this by is the way. chaos. <laughs> Complete chaos. At a game show just... level, this is some bullshit. <laughs> I'm following the rules. I give it a three. Excellent. Uh, because I'm reading this PDF that Chris made. Thank you, Dan. Okay. Thank you. And so it definitely qualifies on acting, direction, and cinematography slash aesthetics. Entertainment. It was entertaining, but I've not rewatched it, and I could have. Correct. And so I think that's not going to get a point, and it didn't impact me in any significant way. It's not my favorite Wes Anderson film. If we were doing Rushmore or right. Royal Tenenbaums or even Bottle Rocket, I would probably say had an impact on me the way I think about the world and films and, and whatever. But since it's Grand Budapest, it's not even though I really like it. So for me, it gets a three. I actually 100% agree with you. I'm also going to give it a three, but God damn it. I didn't think about bottle rocket on a crime movie. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I didn't either. Actually that, that should be one of my alternates, man. Oh, it's well. so good. <laughs> okay. Well then that means that the grand Budapest hotel is going to get a 10 on the grayscale. Did Fair you say showing. Budapest? Budapest. <laughs> Budapest. I'm going to go with <laughs> 1996 Coen Brothers directed. Coen Brothers. You know what I'm going to talk about here? I'm talking about Fargo, um, which is, mm. of course, a darkly humorous movie based on what they say is true events. Now, I don't know. Uh, I don't know that that's ever been proven, but it stars William H. Macy as a car salesman who's in like <laughs> a mountain of debt. And he comes up with this scheme uh, to have his wife kidnapped and he's going to then get money to go and pay the ransom, but he's going to pocket the majority of it, right? To be able to pay off that debt. You got Steve Buscemi as one of the kidnappers. Um, and of course, the best part of this movie, in my opinion, um, the real star of the show is Francis McDormand, who plays the lovely police chief, Marge Gunderson. Yep. Oh, yeah. Uh, of course, she adds like just <laughs> so much you. charm to this dark and murder filled, amazing movie by the Coen brothers. Absolutely love it. What do you guys think about Fargo? It's a great movie. Not my favorite Coen brothers movie. Even close, probably. But I think this may be my favorite. It's a great movie. Didn't mold me at all, um, but I remember picked it up on VHS from the video store when I first watched it, and um, a really popular movie at the time. And it's, it was good. It was good. I just I think for me, uh, the setting of the whole movie was hard for me to like get into. Oh yeah, at, at that age, yeah. So. <laughs> But good, good pick. Well, I obviously am giving Fargo a five. It gets a three from me. Okay, I'm I'm spinning some wheels here. I think Fargo is probably fourth or fifth on my Coen Brothers list, but they are they probably have like the most movies in my top fifty or whatever. Yeah. So that's not saying much bad about them. I have another Coen Brothers in my backups. I'm not going to say what that is right now. I think I know what it is. But there are two that it could be. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm. I want you to guess later. Okay. Um, I uh, man. I really like Fargo, but because it's not in the top, I'm gonna give it a three point five. Okay. Uh, not didn't impact me. And then entertainment rel relatability factor. I have seen Fargo twice, but the second time would have been a long, long time ago. So I've not rewatched it in like the modern era in my this adulthood era. But I have watched two seasons of the television show based on it, which really does play kind of like the movie. I think that gets a half a point. 
Okay, 3.5. See, yeah. I haven't even seen the TV show, so I don't even oh, know what that's incredible. like. It's incredible. Wow. I'm going to have to watch it now. Elizabeth, have you seen Fargo? I believe I have, but oh it was so long ago that oh I can't. Listeners, didn't... I am so sorry. <laughs> I am so sorry. Sometimes you let a woman on the show and they just don't watch movies like we do. I got to also say, France, shout out to Frances McDormand, my favorite actress. Yeah, she's fantastic. Of pretty much my life. So Yeah, she's so great. Even in a movie like Almost Famous where she's like, you know, a supporting actress. That's my favorite role of hers. That's my oh. that's my all-time favorite movie. Yeah, she's so, but it's, it's not great. a crime film. No, it's not. <laughs> you and Chris really would get along in your movie choices. We got to we got to spend some more time talking movies, Chris. We'll, yes, we do. We'll exchange uh, personal information after this. Guys, <laughs> got have some special movie date. Fargo's going to get an 11.5 on the grayscale. It deserves so much more. But once again, Elizabeth is wrong. Okay, so let's go oh, ahead man. and hear. I'm sorry, listeners. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> let's go ahead and hear from Omar, your third favorite crime movie of all time. A 1991 film won five Oscars. Stars Jodie Foster. Oh, hell yeah. A- Anthony Hopkins. And Ted Levine as Buffalo Bill talking <laughs> Silence of the Lambs. Nice. It puts the lotion on the skin. <laughs> this movie terrified me. Yeah, I think I'm 11 years old. And this is just like five years after like Jeffrey Dahmer and everything. And so people are actually eating people. And I remember I being, at, with some <laughs> being in the lunchroom. Um, in elementary <laughs> school, like middle school, I guess it was, and uh, kids talking to me about this movie, and then I ended up watching it because, like, my friends had, had told me about it, ended up getting it again on VHS. Um, and God, I mean, I lost sleep over this movie, I thought that I was gonna be kidnapped <laughs> and raped and eaten. And it just <laughs> Anthony Hopkins' character as uh, Dr. Hannibal Lecter is a terrifying genius, and it's just uh, the Buffalo Bill character. I mean, come on! Like, there's just so much in this movie. You know, Jodie Foster being the trainee FBI a- uh, agent that like this crazy Dr. Hannibal Lecter like, has a special attraction or attention towards her and using him as the expert witness to hunt down this Buffalo Bill character who's killing these women and taking their skin. And, and I guess that was mm. even based off of Ed Gein, which was a real character as well, which I, good thing I didn't know that at 11 years old, cause then it would just right. have been all, all over <laughs> for me. So for sure, uh, this, this movie is great. I'm going to give it a 4.8. Oh my gosh. <laughs> You're just agent of chaos. Um, so this is on my short list of films to rewatch. I have not seen it in probably 20 years. I think oh, I would wow. have been 16, maybe 18, maybe 18 years ago. Um, I'm still going to give it uh, two points. And here's why. Because the fact that I can remember enough about it after 20 years means it did have an impact on me. That and, says something, yeah. And specifically, two points overall? 
I haven't I haven't seen it in so long. I don't remember anything about it. But I do and you're remember how taking me on my movies. And I couldn't give any points to Fargo because I hadn't seen it in a long time either. You're t- it's too bad that I didn't that I didn't push this up higher than I probably it probably would have got a five. But I'm playing by the rules. I'm still Thank giving you. it a two. Fuck these for, rules <laughs> for impact and acting because the acting is something specifically I remember. In oh, fact, yeah. let's give another half point for cinematography because I I have some of that too. <laughs> so it's getting to two and a half, and uh, probably in the next couple of months I'll rewatch it. And did you watch I'll any of the sequels you. to it or anything as well? I don't think so. Like, Han- is Hannibal a sequel? It is. Yeah, I don't think I saw any of the Hannibal. The movies. prequel Red Maybe. Dragon with Ray Fiennes yeah. was actually okay. Uh, had too. Ed Norton too. Yeah, all of them are pretty good. Mm. So <laughs> I really like Silence of the Lamb. I don't like any of the Hannibal uh, sequels, but I do like the prequel Red Dragon. But um, as far as this movie goes, uh, jo- this this movie is like where I think I first saw Jodie Foster, and she became one of my favorite actors after that. She's phenomenal, so believable. She's incredible um, as Clarice Starling in this movie, and and I just I I also really really like nice. this movie. I'm going to give it a four on the grayscale. Did you see this, babe? You don't want to know my answer. <laughs> the answer is no, right? No, I have not seen this movie. I don't it's, recommend it's you borderline, see this movie. Yeah, it's borderline thriller. I don't do, no, I don't do serial killer movies, oh, I'd like, say it's movies like that. Totally thriller. Yeah, it's, yeah, 100% thriller. Borderline horror. Yeah, yeah I can't. For sure. I can't do yeah. horror at all. It's not my genre. I avoid those because at 30, almost Ugh. seven years old, it gives me nightmares still. Okay, what's that score, Chris? That score is 11.3 out of 20 on the grayscale for Ooh. Silence of the Lambs. Okay, <laughs> not a bad showing. All right, my number two. Yes. I'm really glad nobody took this. I uh, My number two is Heat, the Michael oh. Mann film Yeah. with Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Tom Sizemore, Val Kilmer. I'm now. I didn't realize that you guys were supposed to have seen these films. I'm guessing someone here at least hasn't seen this, but it is. I don't know. It's the kind of film that has been ripped off for the last 25 years since it came out. Uh, it's the it's the best bank robbing scene ever shot. It's the best uh, shootout, especially like public shootout, the downtown LA scene. Mm. Uh, it changed the way that they do sound in in uh, movies with gunfire. Basically, they didn't dub any of the guns. They just set up a bunch of microphones around and like captured the sound echoing off of the buildings in downtown L.A. It's it's an incredible sound. And then you get the it's the first time that Pacino and De Niro were ever in a scene together in the cafe. A good guy, bad guy, uh, middle of the film conversation about what has to happen at the end of the film for for these guys who are not going to let up on each other. It's going to be one of them, you know kind of a thing uh heat is just uh i'll probably watch it 20 more times in my lifetime it's it's just a fantastic film so uh and michael mann is just a great director i love i love miami vice um i'm trying to get i'm trying to like see all the films of his that i haven't seen so i'm gonna give it it didn't it didn't change my heart or anything like that but i'm gonna give it a four for everything else on the list Cool. Right. Um, Omar, have you seen this movie? I have. It's been such a long time. I mean, it's it's a great movie. I'm not going to dock it for that, but it's one of those things like I don't know about modability or like I haven't rewatched it, but it's a great movie. 
Um, no, can't say anything negative about it. Obviously. So you're going to give it pi 3.14159 <laughs> just to fuck with Chris? <laughs> well, I mean, I can't. He doesn't allow it any more than like a tenth. So I can't do that. But yeah, I, will, I round up. <laughs> but I will, I will give it a 3.3. Three. Okay. 3.3. Three, three. <laughs> Elizabeth, have you seen Heat? I have seen Heat. Yay. Um, that's, that's a good sign, Dan. <laughs> that's a good sign for your movie. <laughs> it didn't make an impact on me, though. Oh, you guys are just going to hate me. I'm giving it a two because it just didn't have. I don't an hate you. I mean, Silence of the Lamb's got a two. <laughs> <laughs> so, in the same vein as how Dan ranked Silence of the Lambs. I kind of have to do the same thing because I probably haven't seen Heat since I was 12 years old. It's worth the watch if you haven't seen it, for sure. Yeah, I'm going to have to give Heat a two, uh, which is going to give Heat 11.3 points. It's going to be tied with Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> that point three. <laughs> I know. It that doesn't arbitrary point three that Omar <laughs> adds in. <laughs> it matters. <laughs> yeah, so this is going to bring us to Elizabeth's Number two crime movie of all time. Okay. I'm going with Ocean's Eleven, the newer version, nice. because I, I have the seen list. the older version. The older version, I tried watching. Like, I could, I didn't get it. No, it's Soderbergh all the way. It's Brad. It's George. It's it Matt. I, I'm, Come on. I mean, it, yeah. It, and Julia Roberts, too. I mean, oh, yeah. you gotta say yeah, her because she's in there, too. Like, yeah. this, the cast is fantastic. Um, I I really liked how they did this. They did the time swapping thing in this movie as well. And you guys were talking yeah. about, and I I love that. Um, I can watch it over and over and over and over again. Super rewatchable, very yeah. rewatch. The yeah. kind of the ultimate rewatchable film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, Just it is. And, yeah, and even though they had such an all like they have the three all stars like Brad and Ben and George, they they have so many other fantastic actors on there too like the ensemble cast is i love this is the first time i remember seeing don Cheadle in anything hmm yeah he's so good yeah Yeah. although his accent is way over the top yeah it's a bit muddled super cockney (laughs) kind of this is actually this was one of my uh, alternates so you 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 picked one of my alternates elizabeth nice yeah i also love this movie and definitely a great pick i'm i'm super glad it's going to make this list Elizabeth, what do you give uh, Ocean's Eleven? I'm going to give this one a five because it hits all the points. It molded me. I, it's rewatchable and the acting's great. I love it. It's a good pick. Mm. Omar? Yeah, it's a great movie. I mean, I don't know about motorability for me, but I mean, it's rewatchable. I mean, there's something to be said about that. And it's, I don't feel like anybody really out acted anybody else it was kind of like they just fed off each other very well it was a great cast so um 4.4 okay dan i'm going with a with a straight four uh no real impact or moldability for me but it's got to get a full point on everything else acting direction uh cinematography and aesthetics and it's the ultimate rewatchable so it's got to get a four I also am scoring Ocean's Eleven out of four, which is going to give it a 17.4 on the grayscale. Elizabeth, you have the highest ranking movie so far. Good job, baby. All right. Good call. I'm jealous I didn't keep that on my list. (laughs) It's a very good choice. And the fact that we've all seen it, I guess, says worlds, right? It does help. Um, I really, really hope that you all like this movie that I'm about to pick for my number two. 
like I said earlier, whenever I was going through this, probably 15 movies that I had chosen to be on this list, I narrowed it down for certain reasons. I think what really helped me choose was moldability, right? So um, this movie, when it came out, really blew my mind. Uh, It was something that I was super excited to see happen in a movie. Um, It was an interesting concept. I'm talking about 2010, uh, Christopher Nolan's Inception. Uh, which of course is a subconscious heist movie uh, following an all-star cast team of, uh, I guess we could say dream thieves, right? Uh, Led Mm -hmm. by uh, Cobb, played by Leonardo DiCaprio. Now, I probably should take a point away for the stupid names in this movie because names like Cobb and Mal are horrible. Uh, But other than that, I I don't really find too much fault in this movie. Yeah, they're led by Leo DiCaprio uh, as they infiltrate the minds uh, of different people, specifically of uh, Cillian Murphy's character, Mr. Fisher. And it's so crazy because like the antagonist is, is not Leo DiCaprio, who's going and like doing all these inceptions Say or whatever, extracting. <laughs> this is not what's eating Gilbert grape. <laughs> um, but the antagonist is actually uh, Cobb's wife, who has died, played by the absolutely beautiful French actress uh, Marion Cotillard. And it also stars Ellen Page and Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Excellent CGI where like the landscapes and stuff just fold in on themselves and like do really crazy things. There's moving mirrors, open up new doors and cities are crumbling. You know, it's just a really, really cool movie to watch. And the the score is huge and it's just it's a Nolan film. So, you know, it's got that epic feeling to it. But uh, it's it's incredible. I love this movie. Um and I give it a five on the grayscale. I think it's a good movie. I wouldn't consider it necessarily. I'm not going to argue it, but I'm not, I wouldn't consider it a crime film necessarily. What? But the whole idea is that he's trying to steal like uh, the company from this guy. Yeah, it, it's a heist. It's like a weird postmodern heist film, basically. Yeah. So I think it counts as crime. Thank you, Dan. It'll count, <laughs> but when I think about the movie, because I have seen it, it, it didn't like impact me in the way that it sounded like it did with you. But the impact wasn't on like the actual heist as much as it was just like all the other things you were describing with like the cinematography and things like changing and flowing and like and so that impacted me. To me, it almost feels like a Salvador Dali painting, like just unfolding. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. right before your that's eyes. A good it's so cool. That's a perfect description. Yeah. And that's that yeah. impacted me, you know, as more than it being a crime film. So anyway, I'll give it it's a good movie. I'll give it a four. Nice. I'm gonna go with a two point five. Oh man, Dan. <laughs> Sorry to say it. <laughs> Sorry to say it. Not nearly my favorite Nolan. Yeah. I'll take uh, really Dark Knight is probably my favorite Nolan. Mm, Dark Knight's great. Um, but I would take Dunkirk over Inception. Um, I would, I might even take following his first film over inception. Um, so no, no real impact for me. And I have chosen not to rewatch this on many occasions. And we even started it. I started it one night and I I got 40 minutes in and I was like, eh, I didn't finish it. So I'm thinking, yeah, it's, it can't get those. I'm going to give it a half point for acting just because I haven't, because I haven't wanted to watch it again. I haven't thought about the performances. I'm sure Leo's great. I remember liking Joseph Gordon-Levitt in it. Uh, for direction, production, and cinematography and aesthetics, it obviously has to get full full scores. Yeah, I mean that's that's what the film is for me. It's it's direction, it's the special effects, 
Um, and it's the production value basically. Uh, so two and a half. Sorry, Chris. I'll respect it. I, you know, you're following the rubric and I, and I can respect that. So you wrote these rules, man. <laughs> Don't blame me. <laughs> Elizabeth, what do you think about inception? I don't think I've seen it. Oh my God. Really? You haven't seen this one? <laughs> when you thought you, you had a I, safe pick. I know. Right. Um, <laughs> Did you did you and I see it? Did we rent the movie and watch it? I mean, I might have saw this in theaters. It was because it was like a big deal. Like the the, the previous were, were looked pretty cool, and it was something that that's why I can remember it because the cinematography and it was like I, I never seen anything like that. Yeah, I don't know. I might have okay. waited. I yeah, mean, like, I, I might have waited till it came out. I don't remember. I don't remember watching it. But if you if don't we, remember it, you can't score it. I can't score it. So Inception's going to get I know, an 11.5. I know it was a big deal. I know. <laughs> hurts, I thought you were doing Chris. much better without one, Chris. It's okay. It got the Oof. exact same uh, score that Fargo did. So 11.5 <laughs> on the grayscale. You were really counting on me for Inception, weren't I you? I was. <laughs> you really, you kind of whiffed it there. It's all good, man. I think I'll get you on my next pick. We'll okay. see. This, well, that so it's. <laughs> basically, I had to cross out. The Boondock Saints for for this mm. one at number That's two. A good one. I almost would have been talking sitting here talking about that because it definitely impacted me and molded me. And it's, God, it's a great movie. Great movie. Anyway, and I heard they're doing like a remake. I don't know. Oh, I hope not. Oh, or not make a re- not a remake, but a sequel. Yeah, I heard that too. Mm. So anyway, uh, my number two, uh, another 1991 film, uh, directed by Catherine Bigelow. It's a uh, Point Break. Point Break. Oh, okay. Point Break. With Patrick Swayze and Keanu Reeves. Aaron Gary Busey. Uh, <laughs> Bodie. Bodie and... Can I, give it neg- can I give it negative acting points because it has Keanu Reeves? <laughs> Keanu yes, Reeves please. is an amazing actor. I don't care what you have to say. He's, he's an amazing person. We'll say that. <laughs> yeah. His one thing he does is amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it fit for this like his character Whoa. being the just free-spirited kind of yeah. like airheaded yeah. like not afraid of anything sort of character. He played it well. Yeah. Like that and then speed, he was good in speed as well. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry Keanu. I got love for you. Anyway, so I just thought that this movie was great. Like um, the impactability, the ex-presidents, the just those masks, like just left an imprint on me when I was young. Again, I was 11 years old when this film came out. I didn't see it in theaters, but you know, it was one of those things. Like at first, those masks scared me. Um, as I saw it probably when I was a little bit too young. But I watched it again when I was older, and I've probably seen this movie in my life probably about 10 times. And they did a remake of the movie, which I think is just as entertaining if you like Point Break. But Point Break, the original, is much better. Um, Patrick Swayze gets shout-outs on here often. Um, In fact, uh, it's funny. One of the lines is a little nugget. When uh, Bodie, Patrick Swayze's character in Utah, meet up him in... uh, Keanu, uh, Bodie says something about how his surfboard reminds him of a 57 Chevy that he once owned, which is funny because in Dirty Dancing, uh, Patrick Swayze's character owns a 57 Chevy. Oh. So it was kind of like a shout out to that, back to that movie. But um, it has uh, just lots of action, lots of adrenaline type scenes. The 
bank robber and surfer dudes basically um, have no fear, high, have to always um, do things. Adrenaline junkies is the word I'm looking for, guys. So, Well, what do you give point break on the grayscale? I think it's a great movie, motability-wise for me, but as far as just being a good movie, it's not like the greatest ever. <laughs> so I'll give it so a... <laughs> I'll give it a solid four because it's my pick, but it probably deserves like a 3.5. <laughs> okay. I'm giving it a two. Dan, what do you think about Point Break? You you would care to motivate that that, that number, Elizabeth? You're just going to call it a two. <laughs> just calling it a two. <laughs> it has Patrick Swayze in it. <laughs> I'm giving it one point. I haven't seen it since high school. But... It did impact me back then. I remember really liking it, and it's on my list of movies to rewatch. So, like that gets a half a point for rewatchability because I'm planning on rewatching it. So a one point, a one point five. Then fine, I'll give it a one point five. <laughs> uh, this is going to be the lowest scored movie for four people voting on it. <laughs> the masks, uh, the mask thing. I was trying to figure out what what movie I was thinking of that did it first, and it was The Killing which is a 1956 Kubrick film. Mm. Mm. And in fact, the masks that they wear in The Killing are almost exactly the masks that they wear in uh, The Dark Knight in the first opening bank robbing scene. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. They're like same nose, slightly different coloration, uh, but it's a total homage to uh, that early Kubrick. That's a nerdy point. No, that's really cool. Um, well, I hate to disappoint, but I, I have never seen point break. That's crazy. So I will not be able to vote on that, which means that point break is going to stay at 7.5 on the grayscale, our lowest movie so far. I noticed when I was talking about it, nobody else like was interested whatsoever that this is not going to go very well. (laughs) I was like, apparently I'm the only one that likes this movie. Should have chose Boondock Saints. God damn it. Should have. Well, all right. So my number one. Right? Woo! My number one is The Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, cool. Now, I had to narrow down. I could have done all three Scorsese films. Uh, I could have done, you know, Wolf of Wall Street, The Irishman, and Taxi Driver or something like that. Uh, Or throw in The King of Comedy. Throw in, um, you know, whatever. Like, most of his films are crime films. Right. But I I went with Wolf of Wall Street, and I didn't realize that everybody had will have had to have seen it and liked it. I was just kind of, this is my favorite soapbox movie because there was a lot of talk about how glorifying it was of this disgusting, you know, hedonistic lifestyle. And I just really don't think it is glorifying at all. I think that it's a film that draws the viewer in to this disgusting way of living and implicates the viewer for making these guys heroes. Uh, and so I can I give it, can I like... <laughs> I guess I can't give it six points. That's cheating. But I almost <laughs> want to give it double impact moldability because I think about it all the time. And yeah, I think about the, the final scene the where... You can't be trying to cheat. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to cheat. But uh, the final se- the final shot of the film when Jordan Belfort is doing some other kind of sales thing, he's not doing his... Uh, he's not doing his investing anymore. The last shot is the audience watching him and they look like people in a movie theater watching the screen. Right. And it, and it lingers on the audience. That's the last thing we see. And Scorsese, Scorsese is saying, you guys make people like this right. successful 
because you worship success right. and money. Uh, and so this is, I don't know if it's my favorite Scorsese. That's very hard to say, but it might be my favorite Scorsese film. And it's, it's probably in my top 10 of all time of all films. Um, it's all right. That's my case for Wolf of Wall Street. And you're going to give it a oh five. Yeah, oh, okay. for sure. Cool. It's got it all five on the grayscale. Omar, what do you think about the Wolf of Wall Street? It's a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Um, I just think that like the the acting, like uh, Jonah Hill's part in the movie. I oh think yeah, he's hilarious. I think that's one of his best like acting roles he's ever done. Um, I mean, Leonardo is now that's two movies that he's been mentioned in. Like, and I thought like he was going to be mentioned yeah. in the, the, the Departed, which I guess we're not done yet. So we'll see. We're not done yet. So could come up, but um, yeah, great great film. Uh. I don't know. Obviously, it's all about crime. Yeah, it's white collar crime. Yeah. yeah, I give it a four point five. Four point five. Elizabeth, have you seen The Wolf of Wall Street? Yes, I have. Oh, there you go, Dan. I'm worried. <laughs> Be very worried. Be very worried. It didn't. It didn't. We, it's a bunch of debaucherous men. Fuck you guys for liking it and giving them a platform. <laughs> That's right. You didn't it like didn't the scene really where he snorted me. coke off of a prostitute's ass, Elizabeth? So amazing. The first scene? So empowering. <laughs> so empowering. Um, no, I think I, I'm going to give this movie a three because it just didn't really like it. Yeah. That's a kind of a high score to give a movie you didn't like. You can give it less. <laughs> You're not going to offend me. I can take the heat. I think she recognizes good cinematography and all that stuff. You know, that's, that's what it is. Yeah. That's what it I is. I mean, the acting is good and yeah, it, I don't know. I, I it's didn't like it. it. It's an entertaining oh, yeah. movie. I just, it just wasn't for me. I actually had to rewatch this movie yesterday because I I know I saw it when it came out and I liked it, but I couldn't really remember. Is this the one that Omar accidentally saw on my list and told you guys yes. about? Yes, it is. So, so I, this I, is cheating. So then you went and rewatched it. I went and rewatched it because I wanted though. to give it a fair shot. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You're cheating on my behalf. <laughs> I did not rewatch it. That's and fine. For me. It was really good. I do agree that Jonah Hill was very good in this movie, but for some reason I can't stand Jonah Hill. Um, Leo is great in this movie. Of course, the direction is great. The editing was a little off for me. Uh, a lot of really short cuts. Um, and I don't know if that was on purpose, like to make you feel like, you know, the, the fast pacedness of being, you know, right there in the midst of being in the stock market or whatever. I think I'm so. Yeah, sure. It was purposeful, but for me, it seemed disorienting. Um, mm. But probably, you know, like I said, there was a reason to that. Um, it is a very, very well done movie and certainly entertaining. I'm going to give it a four, which means that the Wolf of Wall Street will have 16.5 on the grayscale. I think it's very Dan's possible that Dan Koch is going to win. <laughs> oh, shit. Uh, can we, before we do the finals, uh, oh, you guys still got to go. That's right. Okay. But before we are done, I would like to hear everyone's backup films. Does that a, oh, do sure. we get to say them? We sure. can do that. Yeah. Like honorable okay. mentions. Yeah. Before we. Whenever, at some point, I want to hear that. Okay, so who's, so... Uh, uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth's up. Me, okay. 2012 version of 21 Jump Street is my wow. top. Oh, with, with jo the Jonah and Hill has through Jonah line. Hill. He's made it twice. Yep. He made it twice. Yeah. Channing Tatum is also in it. Um, Dave now Franco. Now I know why you like this movie. Brie Larson. 
This movie was a date night movie for Omar and I. And it's fucking hilarious, it, dude. It, that, that is why it's on my list because it, I don't think we have laughed so hard during a movie ever. Like when we've gone on a date night, like it was laugh after laugh after laugh after laugh. I don't remember the lines, of, babe. Do you remember the line when they get to the school and they're and they're meeting all the different like groups of kids, all the different cliques? I can't remember the line either, but it the this the, is really good radio, guys. This is great radio. Here. No, great. Hey, do you remember that? Hey, do you remember that line? <laughs> I can't. It's really funny. It's really funny, but I don't. The, the, I don't remember the concept it. of Channing Tatum going back to high school, thinking that he was going to be cool, and then realizing that he definitely is not anymore. And Jonah Hill freaking out because he didn't want to be the uncool kid going back to high school, realizing that now yeah. he is cool. It was so hilarious because Omar was Channing Tatum in high school, and I was Jonah Hill in high school, and like we could relate <laughs> so well. It was so hilarious. That's awesome. You were and obese in high school. Uh, bigger than I am now. She was a but beast. Yeah. I was just a beast. I was just an I'm, yeah. Did you guys go to high school together? No. Oh. See, no. she went to high school but, at her house with the rest of her her family. So. <laughs> oh, the old home She got bullied quite a bit. I did. <laughs> I did. My brother was ruthless. Her t- her t- questionable her like her. teaching. Yeah. Yeah. Questionable disciplinary tactics by the principal. That's right. Uh, the uh, the uh, guy goes back to high school thinking he'll be cool and not cool. Just makes me think of Billy Madison. Oh yeah. Yes. Am I the? That's a you great guys all seen that? Yeah. yeah. Where he goes back with his, th- he's driving his Thunderbird and he's playing like Ario <laughs> Speedwagon. I used to be the king of this school. <laughs> yeah. Thousand friends, million parties. Wow. I watched that movie way too many times growing Same. up. Same. I wish you would have been on uh, the movies that molded us most because that was the number one movie. <laughs> it was. For for which uh, which episode? We It was our, our first episode that we put out on this platform. Oh, yeah. And it was like, you know, the movies that I guess like impacted us. Oh, it's just in, yeah, straight up molding us, and yeah. it won. It won. I think it won wow. because of quotability. Like we were all yeah. when it got brought oh, yeah. up, we just couldn't stop quoting it. You know, it about like, almost every other night that I go in the car t- to grad school, I have night class. <laughs> I sing to to my wife back to school, <laughs> and she's like, "Dan, I haven't seen Billy Madison. Damn, stop singing that to me." Third grade. Oh. Oh, what a glorious day. <laughs> but we're talking about 20, 21, 21 Jump Street is the All movie right, I was trying Jump to talk Street. about. Okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I really like that movie. <laughs> and there, the the whole thing is these two cops that went to high school together are now on their first case and get put into high school undercover to unravel the mystery of the drug problem in the high school. And so I, I thought it was a fantastic movie. With I, with, What's the with score? Ice Cube. With Ice Cube. I'm giving it a five. Oh, Ice Cube is great in 21 Jump Street. He's so good. <laughs> Tw- I think he wins that. I think he steals the movie. <laughs> or 22 Jump Street. <laughs> I didn't watch Johnny 2. I don't think I saw 22, but I think Ice Cube steals the movie in 21. He was good Especially in after like a decade of doing like daddy movies, you know, that he's been up to. And then oh, just yeah. like going full on ruthless cop boss <laughs> is so funny. good is so good so what do you give this movie elizabeth i'm giving it a five all right dan what do you give 21 jump street okay so i was thinking about this while elizabeth was explaining the film 
I think that the rubric as it stands is biased towards dramas and biased away from comedies because for comedy uh, direction and production, you know, is not necessarily important. Apatow films and, and Adam McKay films famously have like a kind of a script and there are tons of improv <laughs> and that makes them better, not worse. Right. Uh, and cinematography is really not important in comedies. It's, it's, it would be distracting it. it so it makes it worse. So I'm going to do my own modified. Like if I imagine the best comedy, you mean you're bending five. the rules? Yeah. Because <laughs> in your, in your favor, Elizabeth, if I win rubric here, it would screw it up. But 21 Jump Street for me is not like one of the great comedies. So I'm going to drop it down to a three. So it's like a three out of five comedy. I enjoyed it. I haven't felt the need to rewatch it. Maybe I will. Maybe I will now. You're presenting a good case to throw that on for a date night. Nice. Uh, so I'm going to give it a three. I think that's generous. Omar, what do you think about 21 Jump Street? Ouch, Chris. <laughs> We're actually going to find out what Omar thought about this date night and if he had as much fun as Elizabeth and maybe they're not on the same page about what they like doing together. I don't think one of our kids was that night, so it probably wasn't that great. <laughs> it's a good movie. It's it's fun. Awkward. I, I, <laughs> I, like, I, I like Channing Tatum. Um, just saw him in a movie recently that uh, uh, didn't think it was a uh, Logan lucky. Um, it kind of like progressed. It started out really slow, but um, I've seen him now in a few different roles, but obviously anything that's comedy is, is his best. And he, the relationship with him and Jonah Hill throughout the entire movie, I think is, is just hilarious. There's too many like laugh out loud parts. Um, when the, when the, <laughs> <laughs> when Jonah Hill's like on the drug or whatever and talking to the teacher, like, at, oh, yeah. In the, in the oh, yeah. And so, yeah. <laughs> I do need to rewatch this. I'm going to, I'm going to rewatch this soon. Yeah. And so I'll give it, I'll give it a 4.5, babe. A good choice. Thanks. Wow. That's okay. Wow. That's a, that is a husband sucking up to a wife right there. <laughs> that is. That is an inflated <laughs> score. It might be a little bit, but you know, it has a lot of nostalgia attached to it as well. Well, you know, I loved Channing Tatum in The Hateful Eight. I can't say I've loved him in anything else, and it's probably the reason why I didn't see this movie. Uh, on top of the fact that I don't like Jonah Hill, so except for the all the Magic Mike films no, that you've seen never fifty seen times those. each, no, okay, uh, that's Channing Tatum, right? Isn't I think it? I think you're right. I okay. think it is. I haven't seen them actually. <laughs> so Twenty One Jump Street is going to get a twelve point five on the grayscale. It actually does better than Inception and. <laughs> And somehow better than and Fargo, Chris but okay. Suck that, Chris. <laughs> wow. <laughs> all right, Chris, what's your number one of all time then? I hope you all have seen this movie. This is one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. And I chose it just because the crime in it is so cool because you don't, if you've never heard of this movie before, you don't see it coming and you don't really find out what's really going on to like halfway through the movie. So I just remember like being in the theater and it's, it's very rare for me to be shocked in a movie, you know, like, and, and just be completely blown away and captivated by what's going on in the story. This was a, a an adaptation from a novel, but it's uh, 2014. Me, Chris. <laughs> well, it's, a, it's not Parasite movie. again, is it? No, it's not Parasite. Uh, this is, which I loved, by the way, but this is uh, 2014, David Fincher directed Gone Girl. 
Ben Affleck plays Nick Dunn, who is suspected of murder when his wife disappears on their anniversary. Nick is also found to be cheating on his wife with the absolutely beautiful Andy played by Emily Ratajkowski. Uh, I don't know that she's necessarily an actress, but uh, she looked really good in this movie. Um, Halfway through the movie. Tell us what you really think. I think she's hot as fuck. Um, Halfway through the movie, the narrative changes, though, um, and you discover that Nick's wife. Yeah, 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 don't say it. If people haven't seen it, don't tell. Okay, well, Nick's wife is brilliantly portrayed by Rosamund Pike. Um, she got robbed at the Oscars that year. Rosamund Mm -hmm. Pike's performance in this movie is one of my favorite performances ever. Um, and I think part of that, you know, is also the dialogue. The dialogue is great in this movie. I think this might've been like the first big breakout role for Carrie Coon, who I also love. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is in this movie. He's probably my least favorite character from the movie. Maybe like takes me out of it a little bit every now and again, but he still does a pretty good job. Um, and interestingly enough, Tyler Perry's in this movie. He's not playing Medea. I mean, he's actually acting. Yeah, he plays a lawyer. Right. Yeah. Um, and the score is by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. It's absolutely incredible. Um, it's perfect. Yeah. It's a Fincher movie. I mean, it's, it looks brilliant. I, I don't know what else I could say about this movie, except that if you haven't seen it, you've got to see it. It's absolutely wonderful. And of course I give it a five on the grayscale. And if you haven't seen it, then you can't vote for Chris. And so Chris, I'm so sorry. I have not seen it. <sighs> Omar. I'm not an Affleck fan, so like I don't <sighs> gravitate towards those movies. But after hearing your description of it, it definitely seems like and how I see Dan Coke is now horribly disappointed in me. I don't even know if we're gonna be friends anymore. <laughs> Get over yourself, <laughs> you piece of shit, Omar. <laughs> see Gone Girl. See yes, it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I apologize. No, I can whatever I need to do to restore this relationship, I'm willing to do. (laughs) I'll I'll render this afternoon. So, but no, I'm going, I'm going next. I got to bring it back to reality here. Gone girl is a near perfect film. Yeah. It's uh, it was almost on my list. It's probably on my top 30 of all time. Mm. It is my second favorite Fincher after social network, but, but social network has the Aaron Sorkin screenplay, which is cheating. So (laughs) it's my favorite straight up Fincher film. Um, you're right. I mean, it's, it's got, we had actually listened to the book Mm. on a road trip. Uh, sometimes if we have long road trips, we'll listen to mystery novels. And so, and I had, we had loved it. It's a fantastic, if you like reading mysteries, I mean, you should read it. It's great. Yeah. Julian Um, Flynn. We even, we even saw the, we saw that, you know, the big turn coming, which we won't, um, spoil and still loved it and rewatched it. We just rewatched it, uh, last year. So, I don't, I don't know about impact or moldability, so I, I can't really give it points on that, but I'll give it a four. Awesome. Um, in fact, I, I'll give it a four and a half just to yeah. make up for the fact that uh, <laughs> Omar let Ben Affleck get in the way. I just love that I'm seeing, rubbing off it's on probably Dan the Coke best. and now he's breaking rules. Like the last two scores, <laughs> he's yeah, been in broken rules. And I've just, I feel so proud, like a proud father over here. <laughs> when I see injustice, I write it. Okay? <laughs> I write the wrongs. Uh, so I'm, I'm giving it a five. I'm going to give it Fuck a five. Yes. It's got to be one of the best Affleck performances. It's got to be top three of his career. So even yeah. if you don't like him that much, He's so good in it. He's and great. It's not even really about him. There's other stuff too that is really working. Yeah. Uh, I would really, yeah, you guys, you should I watch it. I saw The Town, which he's he's also in. He's, the Town movie. is also one of yeah. his, yeah. that's one of his, like probably The Town, Gone Girl, and Goodwill Hunting are the yeah. three athletes that I would take to the yeah. island with me. 
Yeah. I just I just want to quickly say that you know for for fans of Affleck, you also get to see his ginormous wiener uh, at the very end. <laughs> it's true. It's true. That's awesome. Uh, a half flaccid butt, half engorged. Right. Affleck dick. <laughs> A kind of mid, kind of mid zone semi chub Affleck dick. Oh you had me until right there. <laughs> Chris is going to hate me because he's told me to watch this several times over the last year and a half we've known each other, and I have not watched it. That's okay. Sorry. That means that Gone Girl is going to get a ten on the grayscale. Yeah, you've been robbed. I buddy. have been. You've been robbed. <laughs> it happens. By it's these Neanderthals who found it makes each sense. other. We're doing crime movies, so he should be robbed. <laughs> That's right. Oh! That might be the joke of the episode. So anyway, now it's down to my number one, which it makes, if it makes you feel any better, I'm not expecting very many people to have seen this, but it has definitely impacted me and molded me more than any of these other crime movies. And it's the first movie that came to my mind when... Dan first suggested these, and it's a 2008 movie called The Brothers Bloom. Oh, you really liked The Brothers Bloom? I huh? really liked The Brothers Bloom, like <laughs> okay. Ryan Johnson. A lot. Mm. Yes, yeah. Both the writer and director, Ryan Johnson. You have uh, Rachel Weisz, Adrian Brody, and Ma- Mark Ruffalo. And so Adrian Brody and Mark Ruffalo basically play brothers. Uh, Mark plays the older brother Stephen, and well. Uh, Adrian plays Bloom, which is the younger brother. And they were in and out of orphanages at a young age. Starts as them as children. You can kind of see how they were gravitating towards a life of crime at a young age. And then uh, find a family. This all happens really quickly. And, uh, you know, fast forward to when they were teenagers. You can see how they are becoming better at being con men. And then uh, they get caught end up getting kicked out of that family and so they end up to really only depend on each other but it's this whole con man movie about how the one brother really does the older brother really does care for the younger brother younger brother's trying to kind of get out of this life of crime um but all mark knows to do is basically be a con man but his idea of a perfect con is one where everybody gets what they want which has always stuck with me that's the reason why i like this movie so much because it's just it's not necessarily a bad thing to be a con man if you can do it with a loving heart because as long as you're giving the person what they're paying for what they're asking for what they're expecting then then are you really doing any doing anything dishonest like should i be reading into (laughs) this like what what you do with your podcasting work. <laughs> You're giving us what we want, but it's a lie. It's all, it's all smoke and mirrors, all smoke and mirrors. No, it, it's just, I mean, that's really kind of honestly how the world works. If you think about like capitalism and stuff like that too, just think about basically it's, you're you're giving up a little bit in order to, to get something. I mean, that's how everybody Interesting. everybody works. How, yeah. how life works, and and he's basically trying to figure out a way where he's kind of like on a chessboard. How he's make sure that he's like you know multiple steps ahead of everybody else, so he ultimately is able to to get what he wants, but he's willing to give up in the process as well. And that's really kind of what how it all kind of unfolds and. You have the love story with with Rachel Weisz and Adrian Brody, and it's my favorite Adrian Brody movie. It actually, what made me like him as an actor. And it's kind of like 
warm-hearted in lots of areas as far as the Rachel Weiss character. She plays like this billionaire chick who's kind of just clueless, but then wants to uh, like falls in love with the con man, wants to be a con man herself. And it's, I mean, so, and there's dynamics to it too. It's a lot of fun. So it definitely makes my number one and I give it a five. All right. The Brothers Bloom has been given a five by Omar Dan Koch. What do you think about the Brothers Bloom? I remember being pretty let down by it and not really liking it. Uh, I didn't really know who Ryan Johnson was then like I do now. Uh, of the newer Star Wars, Last Jedi is the one I like the most, but I'm not mm-hmm. a big Star Wars guy. But I'll give him points. I really liked Looper and I loved Knives Out. Yeah. Knives Out would have been a good alternate, by the way, on this list. It's I agree. It, I you want to avoid it. recency bias. You know, you sure. got to be careful. Um, so I'm, I'll give it a 1.5. Oh, but maybe gosh. I need to re- maybe I need to revisit. Maybe I should revisit. <laughs> I see how you really feel about me here, Dan. You say we're friends, but you just keep stabbing me in the back. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's okay. All right, Elizabeth, what do you think about? The Brothers Bloom. I didn't like it as much as Omar liked it. Is that fair? <laughs> Life's not fair. I know. I know. And marriage um, certainly isn't fair. <laughs> I'm going to give it a 3.5. I think that's really nice, especially for a movie you didn't like as much as Omar. That's very generous. Yeah. I think you um, guys are going to have really good sex tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I actually just watched this movie for the first time recently. I love Rachel Weiss. Uh, Mark Ruffalo is fantastic in many movies. Uh, the actors were great. I just don't know if it's a movie that I really connected with very well. I think it's kind of one of the quir- it's it's quirky. It's you know meant to be lighthearted, and I think Ryan Johnson was maybe going for some sort of a shtick yeah. to start out with there. Um, and of course now he's kind of coming into his own with knives out, uh, which, you know, as Dan said, was a a really, really great movie. I don't know that I liked looper as much as Dan did. Although, you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt was great in that Paul Dana was great in that. Uh, but as far as this movie goes, I'm not going to be able to give it anything more than a two. It's definitely a comedy. I mean, so we're going to give this movie a 12 on the grayscale. So, We've got everything added up. Um, are you guys ready to see the totals? Yeah. Bring it out. All right. So we can cr- congratulate Dan and get on with this thing. <laughs> we don't know that Dan won just yet. We don't know that for sure. All right. That, I mean, that's still up in the air. Yeah, to be um, clear, a guest has never won. Am I understanding this? No, this, this, no a guest has won. Okay. okay. We, we've had a guest win twice. Our guest, Kevin Ming, won the comedy one. And then Sports our other comedy. guest, Amanda... Yeah, sports comedy. That's what it was. Great category, by the way. Sports comedy. Love that category. Oh yeah, that was a that was a really fun game to play, actually. And then um, one that's not aired yet was Amanda Keener. She won the time travel movies. So uh, we have had two other guests in the past defeat. They both cheated. In good company, much like you did. <laughs> if anyone's cheating, it's you two lovebirds. <laughs> <laughs> patting each other with points see that's what i'm thinking too in, in the interest of marital happiness <laughs> which is of course what i was referring to earlier by the way in case anybody didn't get that right <laughs> i'm not just a perv over here i was making a joke about points 
Speaking of points, tied for fifth place with 11.5 on the grayscale is Fargo and Inception. The only two of my movies that even made it on the list. Ouch. It's okay. Uh, Followed very closely (laughs) in fourth place with 12.5 points, 21 Jump Street. Hey, Um, Lower on the list than it deserves in third place with 14.5 points is Pulp Fiction. Nice, Dan. Amen. Second place is The Wolf of Wall Street with 16.5 points. There you go. I think you did. <laughs> and in first place, Elizabeth, you nailed it with Ocean's Eleven, 17.4 yep. points. I didn't even make the list this time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, Omar, is that you still beat me. Uh, so coming in last place with 32.5 <laughs> points is me, like always. Congratulations, Oh, man. <laughs> And then we have Omar in third place with 35.8 points. <laughs> and then drum roll, please. We've got second place with 39.9 points is Elizabeth, which means that Dan, you are the winner with 42.3 points. I'd like to thank the Hollywood foreign press association. Um, so yeah, thank your God. Can, can we talk? Can we talk about our backups? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So Ocean's Eleven was one of my backups. And nice. uh, I think that was prescient, Elizabeth. That was a good pick. Um, Agreed. I, I have a bunch more. So there's co- there's two more Coen Brothers films. Okay. And they could hardly be more different from each other, but they're both about a crime. The Big Lebowski and No Country for Old Men. Yes. Both good. Both I figured good. you were going to say No Country for Old Men. I yeah. think that if I had put Big Lebowski in, that might have gone further up the list just because it's so beloved. But uh, it is. And then um, P.T. Anderson skirting around the edges as well. Uh, for me, it'd probably be Hard Eight and Boogie Nights mm. are the two. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights isn't really a crime. Well, yeah, it is because there's the. Yeah. It's got like three, at least three crimes in it. Uh, that are maybe the main plot is actually just like Dirk Diggler trying to be famous or whatever, but right. Um, probably if I had thought more clearly, that should have been on the list. And then, uh, yeah. Th- so those are my backups. PT Anderson is so great. You, I mean, you might even say that Phantom Thread has crime in it. I mean, she is poisoning him, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I don't he's know. That, asking yeah. for it though. <laughs> yeah, he's kind. Of, it's. I don't know that that's. It's. It's oddly consensual. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, my backups uh, were Prisoners, a, D- a Denis Villeneuve oh, So movie. good. I need yeah. to rewatch that. I loved it the first time I saw it. Yeah, it's great. Uh, I, I know that we've mentioned uh, Paul Dano already once on here, but um, I love him in almost anything he does. Little Miss Sunshine, uh, There Will Be Blood. I mean, you, you can't beat his performances. Um, I was trying it, to figure out how to get There Will Be Blood as a crime film, but it just it's more of like a <laughs> capitalism competition film. Right. I mean, there are some crimes, but it's sure. not really a crime film. But I really wanted to be able to shoehorn that in, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, that movie definitely makes my top five of all time. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I've heard Chris talk about it at least three times. God, yeah, it's you such a seen great it? movie. I know I've seen it. I love, I love it. It's oh, a yeah. great movie, okay. but it's yeah. not like Chris. Yeah, it's so good. And then I also put Hot Fuzz and Baby Hot Driver. <laughs> nice. Yeah. yeah, Edgar Wright. Yeah, uh, love those good. movies. And of course, uh, I had uh, Dark Knight as a backup too because I think it's yeah. a great movie. Dark Knight is a great crime film. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to go next. Um, Catch Me If You Can was on my list oh, uh, good call. as a backup. Um, it's it's a movie. the first time I ever liked uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. Um, so yeah, there's that. And then I had a bunch of comedy crime movies. So Miss Congeniality, Date Night, Horrible Bosses, uh, Clue, the original. Oh, um, yeah. The That's Heat, a fun one. Sister Act, Pineapple Express, Identity Thief. Oh, I'm like, Pineapple this Express, could... yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. Like, oh, that one's a good one, too. Yeah. So I realized I, if we ever do this like crime again, we need to do crime comedy so that I can have crime comedies. A, like a second list. That's a great, like, great category. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, anyway. good ones. Yeah. Yeah. Good those ones. are mine. Well, what about you, Omar? What are your uh, honorable mentions? All right. I'm just going to list off a couple because I didn't actually write anything else down other than what I said because I knew that my movies nobody else was going to choose. <laughs> so I was pretty safe. Um, but. I would. I wish I would have said something about the Joker just to get Dan's reaction because somehow they didn't make it even like his top twenty or fifty or whatever it was. It didn't even make my top thirty of the year. No. So, but um. So yeah. So Snatch obviously um is a great movie. Oh, that, Snatch is great. Um. Yeah. Let's see, we got uh. You mentioned the Irishman earlier. I don't know if I would be able to put that on my list because it's such a new movie. And yeah, it's and new. I've already we already talked about that movie actually um, on the best of twenty nineteen that made mm-hmm. my list. Tra- oh, cool! Training Day um, is great. Oh yeah, um, yes. Yeah, Training Day yeah. was kind of hovering yeah. around my list as well. That yeah, was, that was close to making it. Um, oh, I've done seven before previously. Right. So that's that's. Oh. Yep. And then uh, usual suspects, and and I mentioned the, the Departed earlier, which I, I was kind of dis- yeah. disappointed in making anybody's list because I would have liked to have talked about that one. Yeah, that's surprising. It's surprising we didn't have more Scorsese, honestly. Yeah. But uh, you know, you're only picking three. Right. It's, tough to it's really tough to make these lists. I mean, with so many great movies out there, I mean, how do you choose? You know, we didn't get any serial killers on our list. No, <laughs> no, I did, I did because I had uh, Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, Silence oh, of the yeah, Lambs. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. And nobody, but nobody had Zodiac. No, Zodiac. Is, that was uh, the other one I was gonna. That was the last one I was gonna say that like it could have. So. Yeah, Zodiac is great. It's a little bloated. I mean, it's a little long, but it's it is a little it's bit fantastic. Long, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is great. I, I love him in so many movies as well. In so many movies, yeah. yeah. I love crime movies, guys. <laughs> That's <laughs> such a fun, good dude. category. Yeah. I just love them. <laughs> well, Dan, thank you so much for coming on, man. We really appreciate it really appreciate your uh, suggestion of crime movies and uh, everyone needs to make sure and go check out you have permission it's a great podcast and we absolutely love it thank you yeah and thanks again for that dope music they give us for fade to gray and and obviously if you guys haven't yet go ahead and check out fade to gray podcast and the fade to gray network where we're working with some other really awesome um, podcasts that are getting out there so yeah appreciate you guys until next time thanks for having me guys thank you thank you